Welcome into the Set the Edge podcast. I'm your host, Andy, joined here by David for our next installment of our draft season special. Buddy, how are we doing today? Doing good. I'm getting more and more excited for draft as, as we go along. I need to do, I need to do a deep dive into some scouting tonight, but Yeah, we got some we got some position rankings coming up later this month that we're gonna get working on. We got some film study to do, some rankings to make. But uh, that'll be that'll be coming a good bit later. So definitely stay excited for that. Um, but today we have a, a nice little special for you uh, as we're going to go through, you know, we just did a mock draft last week. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through some commonly mocked uh, players at different picks for different teams that we've seen in the first round um, and just say like, hey, I, you know, th- this is why I don't agree with this pick. Like, why should they pass on this player? Um, and there's no easier and more commonly mocked player than Jacksonville with the first overall pick taking Trevor Lawrence and saying why they should pass on Trevor Lawrence is really, really hard. No, it's not. It's really, really easy. No, no, (laughs) no. Saying why they should draft someone else over Trevor Lawrence is really, really hard. Let me phrase it that way. Yes. Why they should pass on Trevor Lawrence. uh, And I think this is cheating, but I'm going to throw this suggestion out anyways. They should trade down, which of course you subscribe to wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, I put that as one of my, was one of my closing thoughts a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. So, but I'm going to make this hard on myself because that's, that means that you have to do the same thing to yourself. Um, and I'm going to say that uh, who should they, you know, why should they draft someone else over Trevor Lawrence? What concerns, um, you know, do you have about, do I have about Lawrence or, you know, things I see in other players? Um, I think that you could look at, um, you know, Lawrence has had issues where he sometimes is uh, has bouts of inac- inaccuracy. Uh, Justin Fields is far more accurate uh, on a consistent basis than he is. Um, Zach Wilson is better off script and throwing off platform and things like that. Trey Lance is obviously the hyper mobile threat. Mac Jones exists and, <laughs> and, and, and technically plays quarterback, I guess. Um so so there's just other options that are very talented or from alabama um that are being mocked at the top of the first that you could look in if you're worried about those bouts of inaccuracy especially when jacksonville does not have a dominant receiving core uh to really work with that's you know top of the sec talent that's that that's top of the level of competition talent so um even though I thought I was doing odds, I guess I'm not doing evens again. Um, um, so I'm switching it up on you. I'm undermining my own takes. <laughs> um, so I'll do, I got Jets. Um, as I said last on the moth last week, uh, someone I see there a lot is Wilson at two, and that's kind of the perceived perception around the league. And um, I, I still don't think that's the right pick. I still think Justin Fields is better. Um, Wilson seems to ignore the middle of the field, as I've mentioned. And that's it's the reason he's my QB4. Um, yeah, I, I love Fields' deep ball, especially with Mims down there. And when you have an offense that relies a lot around the slot passes, especially with like James and Crowder and whatnot there, someone who doesn't like throwing to the middle of the field isn't necessarily a good fit. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I, I would take Fields over Wilson there. That makes sense. Um I have another very easy one right now um, as I yeah. get the Niners at uh, third overall. Um, and recently, especially since, you know, ever since they traded up here, there's been all this hype about how they're expected to, uh, oh to God. take Mac Jones. Um, and 
Mac Jones um, doesn't have a lot of qualities that make me think he's de- deserving of uh, trading up for like they did, that he's deserving of the third overall pick. Um, a lo- you know, he played for Alabama, like the, you know, the, the dynasty of the SEC and of college football right now. The Patriots of college football. Basically. And, um, you know, he had how many first round receivers that he was throwing to? At least Four. two. I mean, at least two that are being drafted this year. Oh, yeah. So, Three, two, and then Mechie probably next year. Next year, exactly. So, like, it's consistent first round talent. So, how, I mean, I'll, I'll not to throw a different quarterback under the bus, but like looking at Tua last year, everybody was like, oh, yeah, Tua over Herbert. It's obvious. It's so, it's so easy. And then now there's some concerns. There's some injury things. Now, obviously, Tua already had those. But it's still worth questioning, like, hey, is the fact that Alabama's receivers are so talented making it more difficult to evaluate those quarterbacks? Yeah. Um, not going to disagree. You know my thoughts on Jones. So, um, You think Jones should be a day three pick? I said day two. I've moved over into day two. Um, but I'll go with the Falcons. Um, uh, this one for me is pretty easy. I think that they should pass on any quarterback here whether it's Lance Fields or Wilson available. I don't think that they need a quarterback necessarily. They currently have the quarterback with the longest active 4,000-yard streak, and that is 10 years. Next closest is, I believe, like five or six seasons in a row. Um, Matt Ryan, for what he is, he's fine considering the receiving core they have around him. They still have a below-average offensive line. Grab a Penny Sewell, you can't trade back. They still have a non-existent defense. Build the defense. You don't need a quarterback right now. And Ryan's probably got three, four good years left. He's under contract for two very expensive, difficult to trade years. Right. So it's, I, I don't get it, but. Yeah. Um, Bengals at five. Um, this is actually a lot easier for me than a lot of people might think. Uh, and I believe that I mocked Penny Sewell to them. Uh, uh, last week. I'm already forgetting, so it shows just how much thought I put into it. Um, but I think Penny Sewell is the is the choice of who they should pass on here, and the reason why is that... Um, Penny Sewell should pass on Penny Sewell. Logic! <laughs> I, it, it's a, when I mock, it's a mix of what I would do and what I think that will happen. Plus what the fans are clamoring for, and I'm not trying to make all of Cincinnati angry at me. So... Um, but I think that they should pass on Sewell, and I think that they should rekindle the you know rekindle the Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase connection, for example. Um, I think that that's a fantastic idea because Jamar, you know, the the difference that Jamar Chase makes uh, on a play to play, game to game basis will be greater than the difference that Penay Sewell makes over you know whoever's available at pick thirty eight that you can take uh, for for the same position. Not to mention Jamar Chase getting open means that nothing else matters. It doesn't matter if every other receiver is covered. Um, if, if Jamar Chase is open, then you have an open receiver. And Jamar Chase, I don't know if you've heard this, is good at getting open. Is he really? Yeah, I know. I have um, heard that. Whereas with Panay Sewell, he can do his job perfectly and just completely pancake the dude that he's facing. But which he, he has needs, a habit of doing. Which he does. But here's the thing is that he also needs the other four guys in, the, in that offensive line and all the other blockers, if they have extra blockers, to also not fail and to also not lose at least. And so Jamar Chase doing his job correctly guarantees a success in his, in his 
facet of the game. Whereas Penae Sewell uh, doing his job perfectly doesn't mean that the offensive line works perfectly. So I think, I, I think you slightly overvalue receivers, but we've had this, we've had that debate on numerous occasions. Yeah, that's not a new debate. So, but, but, it, but the, my trump card is also, you know, uh, Joe Bird or Jamar Chase. So fair. Um, all right. Dolphins, because this is, this is interesting because there's, there's four players who really stand out as guys who they should take here. But I'm going to say Kyle Pitts is the one that they should pass on. Um, I like that, that too. That might be me being a Mike Gusecki fan, but Mike Gusecki is really good. They just don't have a number one receiver. As much as they tried to tell you Devontae Parker was top 10, he's not a number one receiver. Get a Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith here. Get that alpha number one receiver that, like you said, can get open, can win those matchups, and so, then that frees up Devontae Parker as a number two. You don't need that tight end when you have Gusecki already. And they exactly. don't like to run two tight end sets. So, I mean, so much like I advocated for rekindling Burrow to Chase, let's rekindle Tua to Smith. Like, yeah. Th- like, I, I, that just tracks. Um, up next, I've got Detroit, and Detroit's weird. Because there's, uh, I think they're really one of the first teams in this in, in the draft where there's a pretty good split between two or three different like players that get mocked gets mocked to them, and I think that that's not a bold take. I think you know, roughly a third have been um, Kyle Pitts if he falls. Roughly a third have been like a Parsons. Roughly a, th- a third have been uh, like a corner. Um, uh, I've seen a lot of Chaser Smith. Uh, and, and and that's what I was about to get into. And then a, a, a good amount have also been, you know, what's left that's, you know, in the, in the rough part of uh, roughly a third is receivers and things like that. But the player that I think they should pass on is actually Parsons, um, which sounds weird because Parsons at seven with, a you know, he's the linebacker one in pretty much every class on pretty much every board. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't think that a a linebacker of his quality or caliber is what this team needs, especially when they pick at pick 41. Like there's going to be some damn good linebackers available there. And I just think positional value for them and where they pick next. I just don't like it. I, I don't undervaluing like off ball linebackers. I'm not undervaluing under off ball linebackers. Everyone I, does it. No. <laughs> I'm just saying that the drop off from Parsons to the rest of the class isn't as large as everyone makes it out to be. Considering who's going to the top guy that will be there is probably Bolton or Cotts. Devin Collins could be there. But all right. Um, Carolina at eight. I mean, this, I would have said, oh, now I can say quarterback. <laughs> no, I'm mixing that one, I'm shooting uh, that one down. Be more, um, be more, be more thoughtful. I'll say certain, um, certain or horn. I, I, I really want them to get um, Michael Parsons here or Kyle Pitts here. If Detroit doesn't, I think Pitts would be an amazing pick. Um, I really like who they're going to be looking at for corner in the second round, and Aaron Robinson, Asante Samuel, Eric Stokes. A Stokes, yeah. Um, Newsom if he's there could could be really good. Yeah. I, I really like the position. Get the Kyle Pitts. Ian Thomas hasn't shown much. 
get load up the receiving options for Donald. I mean, do the exact opposite of yeah. what the Jets did. Yeah, give give your quarterback no excuse to fail with the weapons he's got around him. Um, and speaking of a team that did that last season, and I think should continue to, you know, trust in that process is Denver. So I know I knock on Drew Locke because it's easy and fun, but I think <laughs> that they should. I, I don't think that they should take a quarterback. Um, yeah, at, at the very least, should not trade up for a quarterback. And and frankly, like if Trey Lance is the quarterback that falls to them, I I don't think he's a good fit for them at all. I think no. that I I. I you know, and obviously, I, I can't advocate for taking Mac Jones here either. But I, that's just not who I'm seeing mocked. Um, so I think that they should invest in a Micah Parsons if he if he makes it here. Definitely, um, you know, start start considering like a trade down if Parsons is off the board. Go get a JOK. Um, maybe snag a Sertain or a Horn or something like that. Trade back for a Horn, obviously. But I think Sertain is at nine is perfectly good. Um, yeah. I, I just don't think that they need to – they can wait one more year on a quarterback, start lock for all 16 games. If he sucks, great. You have a top three pick and you've built your roster well, and whoever you draft next year is going to be coming into a much better team. And if lock works, then great. You have a good team around lock. Like, yes. Um, all right, Dallas, this is, this is very easy for me. Um, I've seen lately in pretty much any mod that has Kyle Pitts following, he – goes at 10 to Dallas, and I don't like that at all. Um, they have two top 30 tight ends in Jarwin and Schultz. That offense is already, with Dak, one of, if not the best in the league and has arguably the best supporting cast around the quarterback in the league with Cooper, Gallup, Lamb, and Zeke. You don't need another receiving option when you don't have a defense. Go get it. So either invest in the defense, or we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Rashawn Slater. Rashawn Slater, because Sue will be gone. Slater should, by all accounts, be here. And this, this is prime positioning for Slater. 10, 11, 12. Yeah. So I um and Slater is actually the name that I'm going to throw out for the Giants at the next pick. To um, pass on. To pass on. I know. I like. I mocked him. I I mocked him on uh, last week, and I think it's a great fit. And yet, and yet. That offensive line is starting to creep back towards average and is not going to be a liability, it seems. Especially the tackles when you, will. <laughs> I don't necessarily think so. So, um, again, the Giants are also picking at 42. This tackle uh, class has a lot of depth. So, if Smith is available, Devontae Smith is available, or, or even if you if like a Jalen Waddle is available, I, I wouldn't even hate that go get that extra weapon that just completely gives Jones no excuse to be, to not be productive, especially when you've got, you know, that second round tackle stepping in um, and doing at least an okay job of keeping Jones upright. Um, You've got Barkley back. um, So teams have to stack the box and, you know, get, getting Devontae Smith in single coverage. Are you kidding me? Jalen Waddle in single coverage that, that something's going to happen. Oh, and by the way, they've got uh, Sterling Shepard, and better than him is Darius Slayton, and better than both of them combined is Kenny Galladay. Like, make turn a strength into a dominant strength. Uh, I, I get that. Um, I'll go with the Eagles, and this one again is really easy for me, and it's the exact same thing you said for the Broncos. Just any quarterback. I, there's too many rumors of the Eagles being in the quarterback market still, even with Hurts. 
give Hurts a full year. He had what four games last season that he started, and he wasn't good. But yeah, he let wasn't him terrible. I mean, yeah, let him let, let him actually start a season for once before you replace him already. You just spent a second on him. There's there's no need for them to take quarterback here at all. I mean, they just traded back. I don't care if Lance falls to them. You don't take him. So, Chargers are tough because their biggest and most obvious need is an offensive line to keep their franchise quarterback upright. Um, whether that's Derisaw or Slater, if he falls, um, it's or really Tucker. tough. Well, the Tucker's inter- you know, interior, but could flex out to tackle if really needed. Um, but I'm going to actually say like, if they like, like what should, you know, let's say they pass on tackle, what should they look at instead? And I know this is the draft, but I really would like to say a better like um, strength and conditioning coach. I feel like that's cheating (laughs) because they're always the victim of the injury bug. Yeah. Um, But since that's not allowed, I'm going to go with the next best thing and say that they should probably look at a JOK. And the reason why is the odds of Jerwin James getting hurt again are definitely non-zero and higher than JOK getting hurt for a first time. The odds of JOK and Derwin James getting hurt at the same time is next to nothing. And you can have them both on the field at the same time when they're healthy. And that's scary. So that's an okay option. If you're not going to, if like the tackle options are just not there, like, do that. That that's perfectly okay. Makes sense. It- so I, I get that. I strongly disagree, but I, I get that. JOK is a good fit. They just really need a no line. Um yeah. That said, Vikings again, I've seen a lot of O line mocked here, which I like. The other pick that I've seen mocked a lot here is defensive line, pretty pay, Greg Rousseau. I don't like that. Mm. Um I think that they should pass on. I, I think the pick should be in alignment. I think they should pass on D line if that's what they're looking at. I don't know why they would. Um, you have Danielle Hunter coming back. You have Michael Pierce. You just signed Dalvin Tomlinson. D line isn't a huge need right now. I mean, sure, it would be nice to get a second edge rusher, but it's not a particularly great class. I mean, there's no one that like that you could pick at pick 14, and I wouldn't feel like it's a reach from this edge class. So it's no need to reach when you have bigger holes elsewhere. That's fair. And I, I swear there's an easy answer at 15. And if you don't take it, I'm going to smack you. <laughs> I mean, there's a, I mean, there's not necessarily an easy answer because there's been there so ma- there's been so many positions that have been mocked. I mean, the Patriots <laughs> should not take Mac Jones under any circumstances <laughs> moving on. Okay. Um, Cardinals. Um, I'm just going to go with a general statement. That's just any offensive lineman. Um, their offensive line was really, really solid last year compared to what people see, see it as. Yeah. They were, I think, third in the league in pass, in pass block win rate. You also don't need an elite offensive line when you have someone as mobile as Tyler Murray. Yeah. Get him at number two or a top corner. If J.C. Horn or Patrick Sertain fall, that is the pick. Without question, you are running that up. Um, there are just so many better options there than offensive line that they don't need. 
there's there's no reason to take one there for them. I agree with the fact that they don't need to take offensive line. I feel like you're being a little hypocritical by saying, "Hey, we're not talking about who they should take." I oh, by spent the way, one sentence on it. You've set, you spent like your entire explanation. We are not the same. The, the <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders um, should not. I don't think really invest in Trayvon Morrig at pick 17 just because I don't think that you need to invest in a safety at the middle of the first round um, based off of contract values and things like that, what a franchise tag looks like for a safety. Um, it is just a contractually undervalued position. So a fifth year option for a safety um, while closer to a franchise tag, um, that's not going to save you as much money as it is at like a, a corner position, for example. So I just don't think it's good positional value at where they're at. Um, so a corner might be, might be much better. Um, but I don't think uh, that Trayvon Morgan should be the pick there just because of positional value. Makes sense. Miami again for me is really easy. And it wasn't at first, it took me a second to think of this, but um, there's two names that I've seen mocked here a lot and I hate both of them for a couple of reasons. And that is Travis Etienne and Najee Harris. Um, Miami one does not need a running back in the first. I like Gaston. They have. Um, I mean, no team ever needs them. a running back in the first. Let's be I, clear. Yeah. I mean, you could say Tampa Bay this year, but that's about it. I don't even um, agree with that. I, I wouldn't either, but I'm saying you could defend that take decently well, at least. Not after Kansas um, City did it last year. No, I can't. Fair. Um, but yeah, they, they don't really need a running back early. It's also not good in terms of value, positional need, anything to take the running back in the first, especially middle of the first. Like we mentioned earlier, they have a few obvious holes, tackle, receiver, defensive line. Don't need a running back over any of those for any reason. Um, Washington's tough um, because they do have holes on their roster, uh, but it's mostly one big glaring hole at the quarterback position. And that's tough to address here. And really filling that hole with Mac Jones is just not gonna, that, that does not move the needle for me nearly enough to make me okay with it. So I think much like I've said for um, Denver, um, I think that the, that Washington should just invest in making sure that they have a quality roster with few weaknesses so that they can go up and get a quarterback next year. If, uh, if they're terrible and if they're not terrible, then they have a good roster that, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is good enough to win a Super Bowl with when, he plays, when he plays well or Heineke, if he plays well, like, so um, I don't like Mac Jones uh, at 19 to, to the Washington football team. I don't think he is a, is a good fit for what they have as a roster right now. So I, I feel like this is becoming a top, at, almost a top ad answer, but at the same time not because it's it's a really good answer. Um, because he's really overhyped. The same thing, the same answer for the Bears at twenty. Um, oh yeah, I totally agree. I was expecting you to do that. Yeah, honestly. we've used it now five times: Niners, Broncos, Patriots, Washington, and Bears. I don't think I said specifically Mac Jones for Denver. I just said a quarterback in general. You, I you thought I, yeah. I, I said Lance. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, look, Dalton isn't the answer. He's not a long-term answer. He's a serviceable quarterback for now. Matt Jones also isn't the answer. He is Andy Dalton, just younger. And she, and actually, he might be more expensive with the first-round contract. Maybe. I don't know what Dalton's contract is off the top of my head. Yeah. But, just, I mean... Just, I think the one thing that's worth that Bear is mentioning is the difference between Washington and Chicago is that I think Washington has a good enough roster that they could actually, with good quarterback play, win a Super Bowl. And I can't... Chicago does not have a deep enough level of talent 
across oh, the board uh, to to win with good quarterback. Like, like if Ryan Fitzpatrick was on the Bears, I, I still think that I would like Washington. Better. Here's the difference is Washington's ro- – the, their rosters are very similar, especially if you look at it like a month ago before the Bears released Fuller. Their rosters are very, very similar. Yeah. Elite pass rush, really solid linebacker, especially off the edge. Secondary that's good enough to work with the front seven. Yeah. A great number one receiver, McLaurin and Robinson. A competent-ish offensive line. Young running back with upside. No quarterback. Um, I think the, the difference maker is Curtis Samuel. No, no. The difference is Washington has a lot of guys on the right side of 27, and the Bears have a lot of guys on the wrong mm-hmm. side of 30. Yeah. And that is that Washington is poised for the future. The Bears are poised for the last three years. Yeah, for the and, and that's the difference. So. The Bears need to enter a full rebuild, and Matt Jones is not a guy you build around. Yeah. Um, up next is the Colts, um, and I think that I've seen I've seen two major positions mocked to them, um, and the one that I think that they really need to avoid here because of where they pick in the second round at pick fifty four, I think they need to avoid taking a receiver. Um. As much as I love Rashad Bateman, I think that they should mu- look much for much deeper into investing on that defensive line, uh, specifically at edge rusher, um, and and beefing up that pass rush off the edge, um, rather than taking a receiver here when there's going to be good receiver options available around later. I agree for a slightly different reason. Um, okay, I, I think the type of receiver Indy needs, which is that downfield speed receiver. The Rondell Moore, even the Elijah Moore, it's it's isn't Waddle will be gone and it, here. Yeah, Waddle will be gone, and, and Rondale and Elijah. One of those is within trading distance from fifty-four. Right, even Tony, if they if he falls a little bit into the early second. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's same same answer, different reasoning. Yeah, um, I got you. Titans, I I think I might go with the same answer again. Um, I've seen a lot of people mocking them with the receiver here. Uh, I just don't get it. Um, really? I have I have not seen that at all, but I, I agree that I don't get it. I have. I mean, they they lost their entire. Well, they didn't have a defense, and then they lost what they had. Um, yeah, they, and no, look, they, you, they need to take the first best. offense. You don't need a second receiver. You have AJ Brown already. You can get another receiver, a complimentary receiver, in the third or fourth or so. It's that's about all you need. Marcus Stevenson, a Tamarian Terry, someone like that day three would be perfectly fine for what they need yeah so i think that um yeah plus you know they still they, they just need to invest in that secondary in in that address or things like that i don't I, care who they sign in, in free agency it's not going to do enough they need to address in the entire defense basically <laughs> um jets are up now um i know we addressed them earlier with their second overall pick um i'm seeing and i have mocked to to them myself a lot because i hate the jets uh, a running back, Najee Harris or uh, ETN, um, because any team that takes a running back in the first round is foolish for doing so. Um, they really should not be doing that. They should be looking at um, kind of like, you know, Indianapolis. They should be looking at a speed receiver. Um, and they don't really, I mean, they'll, they have th- pick 34. They could get Rondell Moore there just fine. Maybe Tony, if he slips. Um, but, you know, they should not be looking at a running back there. Um, as much as I like to mock it to them because I hate the Jets, 
Um, they should not actually do that. And if Joe Douglas does that, does that, he loses all credibility. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I fully agree. And I'm going to use the exact same thing on the Steelers. Uh, as well. I was going to say this the exact same answer for the Steelers. Because it, it's by far the most popular mock to the Steelers is Najee Harris. Um, and don't get me wrong, he fits the mold of a Pittsburgh running back. Pittsburgh they have has more important far needs. too many holes to take a running back. The only go, time you should ever be even do the Pittsburgh special. Go get an edge rusher. Do the Pittsburgh yeah. special. Just go get when an edge I rusher. When I watched them, Aziz Ojolari. Oh, uh, yeah. That's a perfectly that good pick. Fit. Yeah. No, perfectly good pick there. I would um, hate it as a Patriots fan, but I love that fit. Yeah. It's smart. It's not good for my team, but it's smart. Right. Um, Jags up at 25, uh, chugging right along. Um, this is tough. Um, I've seen and mocked Tony here, uh, Kadarius Tony, um, who I don't think is the worst fit. Um, but I think, you know, they really could slash should take the best tackle on the board. Um, keep your franchise quarterback upright. Do not, uh, don't be, you know, the Colts. I was going to say actually the Bengals who, you know, Joe Burrow got injured last year, but due to uh, an insufficient offensive line. So let's make sure he walks into year one. Uh, Trevor Lawrence walks into year one with a, uh, with at least, you know, resources invested in the offensive line. Yeah. Browns. Oof. This is, this is interesting. First off, don't trade Odell and take a receiver here. I mean, that's laughable, obvious, but too many Browns fans are clamoring for that. Um, I'll go corner because I, I don't know that there's any corners that I'd be happy with taking at 26 that'll be there. Um, and I, I've seen a lot of people doing what I think is a reach, a slight reach on corner. Who, who, have, you, who have you seen? I, go, I've seen a lot there. of um, Newsom here. I've seen a lot of Samuel here. Um, those are the two most popular ones. I, I don't love either of them here. I Because here's who could fall here that I think is actually a... Caleb Farley is Farley because of the injury concerns. And I think all things considered that that, I think that's fine. But I think specifically those two that you mentioned, that is a reach and that they should avoid. Yeah. And they're not big reaches. I mean, I'd be happy with either of them early second. It's, it's a slight reach, especially when you have, I've seen them being mocked over the lights of Zavin Collins. And I think that if Collins is there, you have to take him as Cleveland. Yeah. Um, Or just, especially JOK. I've seen him mocked over JOK a few times and I hate that. Oh, that's, that's bad. Um, But it's, yeah, it's, it's a position of need, yes. It's also a slight reach. Yeah. No, it's. I'm not a fan of reaching when you have other needs. Exactly. Um, up next, we have Baltimore, the 27 pick. Um, easily the most common. I think the. It's probably the second most common pick that I've seen, uh, outside of Trevor Lawrence to the Jags at one overall is actually Terrace Marshall to, the Ravens at 27. Um, that's a great credit for that hype train. <laughs> that's a great fit, and I will never do anything to undermine that. However, the second most common thing that I've seen mocked to them is uh, is a tackle or offensive lineman. And I think that that's terrible. Um, not because you know Baltimore doesn't need good offensive linemen, but because Baltimore has pick 58 again, positional value and depth of class. There's just there's going to be a tackle that you can either get at 58 or trade up for at pick like 50 or something like that and go get a serviceable starter year one. There you go. Because like, I haven't seen a lot of tackle. I've seen a lot of Elijah Moore mocked there, which I hate. I see, that's terrible. Tackle. It's, it's that, a terrible fit. Yeah, yeah. Ter- uh, like Elijah Moore and, and Rondell Moore are, are awful fits because we already saw them do that with Hollywood Brown and that's gone right. terribly. 
And not to say that they would both suffer the same fate, but they both they would, they the would have the, they would have the same quarterback, and that's part of suffering the same fate. So I I wouldn't do that to either of those receivers. I like them as prospects too much. All right, so I'm gonna go with a little bit of an off the wall answer here because even though I think at this point he would be BPA by a significant margin, mm-hmm. um, and it, it's probably why I've seen it mocked so much. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say the Saints should pass on Christian Barmore. I have not seen that mocked a ton, but that's I've a seen very it interesting a take. A lot, um, because it, admittedly he's probably a top twenty player in the class. So at twenty eight, he definitely be bpa unless someone else falls quite a bit but it's 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 just not a huge value position i mean look defensive tackle is great but it's it's a secondary position to an edge rusher and then you don't really have a secondary outside of Lattimore, who is very inconsistent you don't have receiving options out of michael outside of michael thomas it's it's not a position of value over some of those others and it's I, I get the BPA aspect of it I don't like I, I like BPA I don't mind BPA it's a, I don't like BPA when you have other big positions of need and there are comparable players available I got you um, Green Bay is up next and uh, a player that I have seen um, highly requested um, but also highly mocked to uh to go to them is uh rondale moore um and i really don't think that that's actually as great a fit as people seem to think i think that there's a lot of things about rondale moore that don't necessarily mesh with how green bay runs their offense um you know i'm not saying that like mvs is like a super great wide receiver too um but i think that they could use a slot receiver more than they could use a rondale moore field stretcher um and I think they should inv- look at investing in that defense even more since that's what I constantly hear complaints about from Packers fans. So they I'm assuming about everything except for Rogers. This is true. Um, but I think I do legitimately think that there's going to be some good linebacker value. I mean, in our mock, in our mock, we nearly had JOK fall to them who would yeah. have been the steal of the first round. So, um, yeah, a, you know, I, a Nick Bolton, a Zayvon Collins, there are some very good linebackers that should be available here. Um, yeah, it's, I, I agree with the logic. I, I don't see more as a downfield threat. I see him as a Vista Chenault more. He only had like 17 receptions down the field in college or something like that, which is wild. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's Buffalo. And again, I'm going back to the same well as I have a couple times before with the Steelers and with the Jets and the Dolphins. Um, you don't take a running back here. You don't take Harris or Etienne here because you don't need one. Um, when you're like 20th or 25th in rushing attempts per game, you're not going to have a very good rushing attack. Yeah. You can't have a top rushing attack if you don't run the ball. So when you're 19th or so in yards per game, maybe run the ball more often. So it's... They have other bigger needs. An edge rusher would be perfect here. It's about the right time for them to start going. You don't take a running back here. Yeah. Um, for the Chiefs, it's it's tough. Um, Mac Jones is, again. 
Yeah, there's there's really nothing that I can sit here and say that uh, you know, like like the most mocked player that I've seen for them is Samuel Cosby, and I think that that's just a really great investment considering that they you know yeeted both of their offensive tackles. Like, yeah, it's it's just kind of like I really don't know who else to say at this point. Uh, that I've seen mocked to them because that's kind of the only player that I remember seeing mocked to them. So, I mean, to argue every mock has a tackle going there. Yeah. To argue against Cosme, just a different tackle. Yeah. That's really it. Like uh, that's where they should go. Just pick a different one. If you have issues (laughs) with Cosme, that's the only argument I can make. And I haven't looked into Cosme enough to find, glaring holes in his game where i'm like ah yeah see this is why this guy sucks don't invest in him like i don't know that i don't know enough about him to say anything like that so yeah um yeah there's there's not a whole lot there um but i mean we were talking about this earlier i think um and i'll go with the same answer it's a, it's a running back again um the the butcher bet is close to a team that should take running back in the first round as you will ever see and they still um, shouldn't and they still shouldn't because there, Michael Carter and Kenneth Gainwell and Javion Hawkins exist. And you can, all, if all you need is a receiving back, you can get them in round like four or five. Yeah. Take an edge rusher here. Take a corner here. Something. Barmore. Barmore could also be a good pick here. Eric Stotes is the perfect pick here, I think. Um, yeah, it's you, you don't take running backs early. It's I don't know how many times you have to it's, say it's it, the but... least valuable position on offense or defense, and it's not close. Yeah, so, um, yeah, you, you just it's it would be a poor investment of resources. So, um, yeah, so that's that's what teams shouldn't do. Um, a reverse in, mock draft. Yeah, it's an anti mock draft. Um, so, um. Next episode, we'll start getting into some uh, positional breakdowns, some rankings. Um, what positions we'll, are we doing? Uh, that's a secret. We're keeping that secret. <laughs> and also okay. giving ourselves flexibility to change our minds. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, but what I can promise you is that um, we whatever don't it is. Agree. <laughs> oh, obviously. That's, we, we don't go on this show to, to agree, but uh, the position groups will be. Uh, off, it'll be one from the offense, one from the defense, and they will be foils of each other. Um, so whoever the offense, whichever position the offensive position faces on defense, that's who we'll be going with. I know how to speak English. That's that's exactly what I meant to say. <laughs> that that sounded no better in my head. So, um, buddy, you know what time of episode it is. I do. It's time for a closing thought. What's your closing thought? And uh, you suggested, and I fully agreed, that we should make sure that all of our closing thoughts this month uh, are draft takes of one sort or another. Yes, I mean, it is draft season, so might as well. So do you want to kick it off, or do you need me to start? I mean, if, if you're okay with me bringing up Matt Jones again, I can <laughs> kick it off. Otherwise, I'd be like, I mean, you know. <laughs> typically we reserve uh, closing thoughts for something that we didn't discuss at all or <laughs> enough. I think we that, that Matt Jones doesn't apply to either here, but I'll allow the exception. Um, yeah, so my – not even dislike. It's because I, I don't mind him. I just think he's being way overdrafted. Um but not even that Matt Jones isn't a top four quarterback in this class or that he's not on the same tier as Lawrence Fields, Wilson, and Lance. But he's not top five either. 
Because you like Kellen Mond more. I like Kellen Mond a lot, and I am taking Kellen Mond as my QB5 over Mac Jones for, for a couple of reasons. And I'll, we'll get more into it in the QB episode later on. But Yeah, when we get into that. But Just that's... generally, I mean, I, I see the ceiling of Mac Jones as a game manager, and I see the ceiling of Kellen Mond on the same par as the Tier 1 guys. Yeah. And to put it simply, I'm, I'm not taking Mac Jones till at least the end of the second. And once we get out of the early to mid-second, if I'm drafting a quarterback, I don't care about floor in the slightest. I am taking, for I'm moon. drafting for upside and nothing else. Yeah. And I don't think their upsides are remotely close. Yeah. Um, mine's a lot tamer. And it kind of – we already kind of reflected this in when we were discussing them uh, as in our anti-mock today. But um, I don't see either Washington or Chicago – making a uh, a needle-moving pick in the first round. I, I don't see them doing anything with the with their first-round pick. If they draft at 19 and 20, um, I don't see them taking anybody that changes my perception of them as a team. I think that their, their roster holes are in all the wrong places. Um, the only way that that happens is if there's, like, some sort of cataclysmic slide due to some, due to some character concern, injury concern, something like that happens to – a player, uh, <laughs> I, uh, uh, a Laramie Tunzel happens, something oh, like that. God. So, oh, I, I think unless someone slides, like someone that's expected to be like a top five pick, like if Kyle Pitts is still there, Penae Sewell is still what there. What if Darius falls to Washington? Uh, that's not a needle mover, but I think it's a great value. I think yeah. that's a very good value pick, but that's still not a needle mover to me. I don't go, oh wow, yeah, no, they could be a contender. That's that's not. That doesn't make me suddenly take them seriously. Fair. And, the, and, I, and I think the same thing applies to the Bears. So, but that is going to do it for our anti-mock draft episode. Uh, as always, you guys uh, know where to find us on Twitter at TAD Set the Edge. And uh, until next time, I'm Andy. I'm David. And we'll uh, see you guys next episode. Thanks for listening.